the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message. Charles Spurgeon said, I, I don't think the devil cares how many churches we build. If only lukewarm preachers and people are in them. And what God wants to do is light a fire in your heart. He wants to scream on the inside until you begin to sense it and you, you, you begin to yell out and call out with the same intensity that God feels for that need. And I don't even know if it could be the same, but it can be close. We'd probably bust we desired the best for us as much as God did. The MSG Bible reads 5 and 16 this way. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. Mm. How many of y'all want to be somebody to be reckoned with spiritually? So put your desire to preach on the side. And put out front, Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Elijah was a man. In fact, the Bible is a very honest book. It it, it talks about the good things about its its, its leaders and God's children, but also the the bad things. And, And Elijah was a very, very flawed individual. He suffered from bouts of depression. He, he, he got angry and despondent. At times he was fearful. He even had some abandonment issues. He had lots of things going on. But God, this is important, because the example that he uses for fervent effectual prayer is Elijah. Meaning if you want to know how to pray this thing to get God to respond, you got to go back to this guy. And God didn't answer this guy because he was perfect or because he was great, but largely because he was passionate. The most powerful weapon on earth is a soul on fire. The thing the devil fears the most is you catching on fire for your God, his truth, 
his word. He said, listen, I want to teach you all how to pray. But immediately you're going to say, but he was a prophet. Or immediately you say, but he was a better man. He said, no, no, no. Elisha was a man with a nature just like ours. He was one of us. But he prayed. Not a formulaic prayer. Not a disengaged, yawning prayer. But he let God's word work into his heart until he actually sensed the very sentiments of the divine. It's one thing to pray in your head. It's another thing to pray from your heart. I often pray from my head. And many times God even answers those prayers. But supplication is those moments when it comes down from deep. And he didn't just pray a prayer and fall asleep. He prayed earnestly. The word translated earnestly is really a Hebraism. It's, it's, it's a, it was, you know, just like we have slang, the Hebrews had Hebraisms. and It's Hebrew slang, if you will. And, and, and this word earnestly literally means, literally, actually, this is the, the, the Greek, is in praying he prayed. And we didn't know how to translate that, so we said earnestly. So today we would say, and he prayed a strong prayer. Elijah understood that desperate times call for desperate measures. So if we would do some real praying in our praying, if we would do some real praying, in our praying. If we would pray in our praying, not that prayer, and I'm off. But if we would really pray in our praying, we will get results like Elijah. He prayed earnestly. He dug in. And he He prayed a prayer that actually came from his spiritual diaphragm. Diaphragm is is that membrane, muscle, if you will, that's right at the bottom of of the lungs, but right above the stomach. You know, the reason why babies can cry so long and not lose their voices and not get tired. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. The reason is because they cry from their diaphragm. They cry from their real voice. Not their professional voice. Not their inside voice even. They don't care where they are. Not their King James voice, thou and thee. You ever see a baby cry, thou, thee? Thou, Father, please? No. But a baby cries from their real voice. So when is the last time you prayed from your spiritual diaphragm and you projected your real voice up to heaven? He prayed earnestly and specifically that it would not rain. If you don't like 
the climate and the environment that you're living in, pray until you really pray. Did anybody hear what I just said? Now, if you're like me, you pray. But I know I haven't really prayed because I have something to do. I don't really want to go there. I don't want to dig that deep. But Elijah prayed until he prayed. And what's interesting about us, often we got to get pushed up against the wall before we pray until we pray. But I'm learning to just take a little bit of time. And in all my busyness, if I would pray until I pray, I might be up against the wall just a little bit less. Leviticus 26 and 18, here's the key. Elijah was actually praying the word of God, the revealed will of the Father. And after all this, after all my warnings, the Bible is saying, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. Anybody happy we are in the new covenant? <laughs> Jesus. Listen, it's not just a blank page between the old covenant and the new covenant. There's the Jesus Christ in the cross. It's not lambs and, and sheep anymore. All those types have been fulfilled. And our reality is a little different on the other side of that contract. People say weird things like God changed. It's a different God in the New Testament, New Covenant. No, it's just a different covenant. You know, when my wife and I were dating, we had one level of agreement. When we got married, we had a completely another level of agreement. You hear what I'm saying? We didn't change. Our covenant changed. And all that changed. God's the same. But he was going through all those covenants, the Noahic covenant, the Adamic covenant, all those covenants to get to the covenant in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if you, if you don't answer, listen to my warnings, I, I will break the pride of your power. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. This is another Hebraism, a Hebrew way of saying God will stop the rain. So it's already written in the word, if, if God's people go sideways long enough, despite all the warnings, God was going to make it so it wouldn't rain. So Elijah got passionate about the word of God and said, Lord, you said in your word. And God, people are going on like you don't matter and you don't count. No, Lord, I'm going to seek you until your promise is fulfilled. And guess what? It didn't happen until somebody prayed. Everything God wants does not automatically happen. If it automatically happened, everyone would be saved. Everybody would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody would love God, love one another. There'd be no crime. There'd be no sin. We'd be living in perfection. Back to James 5 and 17. Are you learning? Elijah prayed, and I want to poke you and prod you today to to begin to to take some time out. Lord, I I don't want to just pray. I I, I want to pray a prayer. God, matter of fact, I'm out of touch with my diaphragm. I don't even know how to use my diaphragm. I talk from here instead of here. And most of our conversations are here. But I got to get in touch with that deep part of me. So, Father, would you help me pray a prayer? Help me get in touch with the true desires you placed 
in my heart. So I can take hold uh, uh, with you against all the adversary is trying to push in my life. Elijah prayed from his diaphragm earnestly that it would not rain. And guess what? It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. None of us will ever outbelieve God. Because God can never outpromise himself. When you take God at his word, the responsibility for fulfilling that promise doesn't lie, lie with you, but on the God that promised. And the way we get rid of all the care and the anxiety, I know it takes a minute, I know it me, to get it all off me. Is, 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 is say, Lord, I, 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 I'm putting this on you. I'm casting the care on you. You know where that language comes from, cast the care on the Lord for he cares for you? The, the actual word casting is, 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 is indicative of, of, of a person taking a big old heavy backpack off them and putting it on a mule. And I know God's not a mule, but he's saying, listen, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He's saying, do prayer, take that heavy weight that you're bearing. And I, the reason you're so tired all the time is because you're carrying weights you shouldn't carry. If you would just bring it to the Lord in prayer, take that weight. My arms are strong. My legs are strong. I'm, I'm like an ox. I'm, I'm stronger than a bull. Put that weight on my back. And the way we do that is through prayer. But the, the way that happens, listen, when, 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 when stuff is on me and I can't seem to get it out of my head, that's when I got to go to God. Now, religious people, they judge me. I thought you were spiritual. I thought you said don't worry. That's not the way it works. I'm, I, I'm a human. I need God. When I get worried and I feel stressed and I feel upset, I, I, Lord, help me shift the weight of this thing off of me on you. My brain is not created to bear that weight, Lord. It's your shoulders are wide enough to carry it, Lord. And I'm going to stand here and stay here till the weight of this thing is off me and on you. And that's when the peace of God that passes all understanding takes hold of you. And people don't understand why you're okay and everyone else is flipping out. Because you have cast your care in prayer on him. And he prayed again. He prayed the first time, rain stopped. But after he dealt with the, the, the prophets of Baal and the people repented, turned to the Lord, he's like, well, you also promised in your word if we turn to you, we, we, the rain will come back. So he prayed again according to the word, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produces what? Fruit. Now, now, now we're going to do one thing, one more thing before we go. Let's look at, because the Bible said, listen, we, we, the, the earnest, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And it said Elijah was a, a man of like passions, and he used Elijah as an example. So that means we need to go back to the example if we're going to understand the type of prayer that God is talking about. So let's go to 1 Kings 18 and 41. And we'll begin to, to wrap up around uh, 45. Then Elijah said to Ahab, again, he just, Mount Carmel, he sl- sl- slayed, they uh, slewed, I don't know, slayed, I don't know, killed, okay? Uh, <laughs> he killed all the prophets of Baal, and the people turned to God. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. 
He said, go up, to, he said this to the king, and eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. See, when faith is really moving in your heart, you hear things other people don't hear. You, you know things other people don't know. And in the moment you're going to see with him, you begin to see things other people don't see. So Ahab went up, and, and the king went to eat and, and drink. So the king went to a party, and, and the prophet went to prayer. And here's the deal. You may not be able to attend every party uh, if you're going to be successful with God, but that's okay, okay? Uh, we can attend some of them, but not all of them. And in this particular party, he, he had some business with God to take care of. And Elijah, this is important, went to the top of Carmel. Now, again, Carmel was the place that he just defeated all the prophets of Asherah and, and, and Baal. He went back to his last place of victory in order to get ready for his next. I know that went right over. But we have to stop just rehearsing the times that you think that that God has let you down. And begin mentally and spiritually and in conversation. Revisit the place where God came through. And watch how your faith will begin to soar. If you go back to, you know, honey, I remember when. I mean, I, we, you got a real issue in front of you, but, but remember when, when this happened? And then she'll say, well, 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 yeah, I remember when this happened. If you can't do that with your wife, do it with a friend. If you can't do it with a friend, just do it between you and the Lord. Lord I, I remember when I couldn't pay my, my tuition, and, and Lord, you came through. I remember when I didn't think I could ever live in this type of neighborhood, but Lord, you've been faithful. I, I didn't think my child was going to graduate high school, but, but dear God, you turned it around. And you got to remember those things. It's amazing how you begin to soar on the inside. Your faith begins to grow. Sometimes you got to go back to those places. Back to those places where God has wrought. How soon we forget sometimes all that God has done. Then he bowed. This is weird. It is. But it meant something to the ancient what he's about to do. Later it became a tradition and people just started kind of doing this type of thing. But watch what he did. Then he bowed a cross down to the ground. And I'm not going to demonstrate that, but he put his face, I don't even know if I can, between his knees. Now today, and I know, you know, we're getting a little more uh, inventive about how we do this thing, but most women historically, at least in the West, the last hundred years or so, we, we, they give birth laying down, flat. And at one point, they used stirrups. I think then they came out of stirrups. Uh, now we're doing some interesting things. But, but back then, they squatted on birthing stools. And actually, if you didn't have a birthing stool, you just squatted under a tree sometimes. And eventually, the woman would put her head between her legs. And when you have a big belly, that's hard to do, but sometimes as you pushed out, that, that, that would happen. And when it was time for what God, this important, made grow on the inside of Elijah, when it was time for that to come out, you see, some prayers, you can't just pray like that. God got to work that thing in you. And I don't know exactly, I can't explain it, but it just grips you. 
And then God starts working that thing and working that thing and, and, and working that thing. And I'm, I'm not sure that this generation fully understands what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, when God really gets a hold of you and you're really willing to cooperate, he'll start working that thing on the inside of you. And, and it'll, just like a woman that's pregnant, she pre- what's the beeping and jumping and leaping and what's that kicking on the inside? And, and you, you almost sometimes become less aware of what's happening on the outside because all this is going on on, on, on the inside. You see, God has, has been growing a prayer in each of us that will not be heard until we push a little bit more to give them life. And I'm getting behind you, church, and I'm saying, push this thing. Push this thing. Almost there. And he said to his servant, now he's in this strange position. Everybody's looking at him like he's mad. He said, go up now toward the sea. But he was in travail, spiritual travail. And when he did, the servant faced some disappointment. But if you really heard from God, you need to stay at it till it happens. Amen. So he went up and the servant looked and said, master, there's nothing. But Elijah had something too big on the inside of him. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And seven times he said, go again. Often the baby doesn't come with the first push. Sometimes, although we're doing all the right things, our problems don't give up as easily as we like. And the only way we're going to get to the other side is to keep at it. But then it came to pass on the seventh time, like I said to you last week, if you want a happy ending, it all depends on where you stop in your story. If you stop at one, two, or three, you'll miss that which would only come if you persist to your seven. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud. The servant finally gave a good report. And by the way, your, your doctor will eventually agree with you. If, if it's real. Eventually he'll have to say, I can't explain it. Medical science can't explain it. But dear God, that, 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 that you, you are well. There is a cloud. As small as a man's hand, tiny, rising out of the sea. You see, one of the challenges is we, we, we need to be better students of the Bible because we think all miracles are instant. You know the wind blew all night before they were able to walk through the Red Sea? It didn't just happen. Some miracles, as a matter of fact, many miracles are progressive. The seed is planted, and it grows with time. Little victories lead to bigger victories that affect the battles that eventually win the wars. So he said, and I'm finally there, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, and go down. All he had was a cloud this big. And prepare 
before the rain stops you, meaning, man, it's going to be a frog strangling rain and, and your chariot's not going to be able to move through the rain. I mean, he was expecting something big. But here's the deal. Elijah did, 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 did not wait until success was obvious before he believed. And we say, well, Lord, when I see it, I believe it. That's not faith. It doesn't take faith to believe after the fact. Faith is when you believe despite what the facts are trying to tell you. Now, it happened in the meantime. All he saw was a fist, but he kept at it. The sky became black and lowered. The clouds and the winds began to blow. And out of nowhere came a heavy rainfall. All this happened because one person prayed. And what I'm telling you is you don't necessarily need five or six. Just one person. But pray from their spiritual diaphragm. If one person would get in touch with what God's been writing in their hearts and, and, and what God's word has promised. Just one person. You see, passionate prayer will not only change the world, it will change the person that prays. And what God is saying in this hour, if my people who were called by my name would just humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from the evil ways, I will hear from heaven and I will hear their land. But it's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person that makes much power available. Hope you got something out of that today. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.